Hello, so welcome to the SEC Football Gambling Lock of the Week podcast. Uh, this is the SEC East preview. Uh, a little bit late <laughs> because there's already been a game and uh, there's about to be another game today. And there's many games in progress, uh, including Alabama, Texas. But uh, I'm going to give a preview of the SEC East, give a little bit of an overview of the head coach, head coaches, uh, coordinators, how many years they've been there. Uh, how many starters returning on offense, defense, uh, the QB returning, uh, maybe a quick rundown of the schedule if we have time. I'm going to do this quickly since the season has already started and I'm obviously late. Um, throughout the season, I'm going to have a very quick show each week, and the purpose of this show is going to be to uh, preview the SEC games of the week and pick, uh, I'll have a couple leans maybe, depending on the week. And then, depending on the week, I might have a lock of the week. Uh, and the lock of the week, I could have two locks. I could have zero. Depends on the week. Uh, the idea of the lock of the week is that within all the SEC games, I'm just going to pick the one or two games that I feel the most confident about. And since I put in a lot of time and energy into studying the SEC, I feel like I have a pretty good uh, handle on the SEC uh, as a league. Uh versus some of the other podcasts out there like cover three that they're talking about you know 50 teams i'm only talking about the sec each week so if you're in traffic at the gym uh hanging out with friends uh you know going for a walk whatever uh this is your podcast to get a quick preview of the games uh maybe a little bit of injury news uh and then also get my lean maybe lean or leans of the week, and then my lock or locks of the week. Uh, there might be some week where I have no locks, but all right, let's get started. So Georgia uh, is the obvious uh, favorite in SEC East. Their over under is 11 games. Uh, I'm going a hard over, uh, and, I, and I wrote this down even before their game against Oregon, where they dismantled Oregon. Uh, they're the class of the SEC East. So they have six returning starters on offense uh, and three returning starters on defense. Obviously, Kirby Smart has been there seven years. Uh, he, he's done an incredible job. They won the national title. They are a recruiting machine, just like Alabama. Uh, Todd Munkin's there. This is his third year, which is incredible. Uh, I can't believe it's already year three. Uh, Will Muschamp's a co-defensive coordinator, first year. Uh, Stetson Bennett, this is going to be his second year as a starter. Uh, former walk-on Stetson Bennett. Really um, incredible story to, you know, to go from uh, a lightly recruited walk-on uh, to then being a 5'11 walk-on. Uh, and then being, or maybe six foot if, we're, if he's lucky. Uh, and then now he's the starting quarterback for Georgia in the championship game. Wins a national title. Uh, incredible story. So he's going to be in year two. Uh, the offensive line returns two starters. So let's start on offense. Um, it, we've got Stetson Bennett, who's a dual threat. He, he can run. He can pass. Um, he, he's. I would say that it, this year I expect him to be even better than last year, uh, even though he's he lost Pickens to the draft. They have an incredible tight end room. Um, Herb Street was talking about how they might be one of the best tight end groups in the country. I agree. Uh, he's got a Reed Gilbert who was a really highly rated recruit. Um, and then uh, the tight end from last year, uh, who just 
played incredible as a freshman. I expect him to be just as good or even better. Uh, and then also Washington, who's a 6'5", uh, big, highly recruited uh, tight end. So so they have an incredible tight end group, and, and they have enough talent returning at wide receiver. I, I think that with Munkin and, and Bennett, he should feel more comfortable in year two uh, than he did in year one. Uh, you know, in year one, it was just, it was kind of like, well, is it JT Daniels? Is it going to be Bennett? And then even when Bennett was playing, there were still questions here and there about whether he would remain the starter throughout the year. Those have been answered. I think he's going to be more confident, comfortable, and, and and consequently, I think he'll play better than last year. When I look at their schedule, super easy. I mean, in terms of what a normal SEC schedule would be, uh, Florida is maybe a little bit better than last year. We're not. I'm not sure, but they're still. They're not what they would normally be. I would say. I don't know. Let's see what they do against Kentucky this week. But um, so the SEC East slate for Georgia is weaker than recent years. Tennessee, I'll, I'll talk about them later. I mean, they have a great offense, an elite offense, going to be one of the top offenses in the country, uh, but their defense is terrible. Uh, Missouri is obviously still a train wreck. Kentucky, uh, they only return uh, five starters on offense and six starters on defense. I, I, I really question how good they're going to be this year. They only have two starters on the offensive line, returning starters. I really question how good Kentucky's going to be this year. So, um, uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to be that hard of a game for Georgia, at least. And then South Carolina and Vanderbilt are both going to be terrible. I'm not buying into the Spencer Rattler hype. So, Georgia, I, I really think they have – I mean, it, <laughs> it's, it's a pretty easy pick on the over there. Um, from the west, of course, they have Auburn – which is their rival game, and they played Mississippi State. Okay, they're probably better than they were last year, but still uh, not in the same class as Georgia. So I really think uh, I think Georgia can run the slate uh, this year. Um, okay, uh, in the next up, uh, I'll go with Florida. I think we all saw the, the game against Utah. Really impressive start for Billy Napier. They have five starters returning on offense, six returning starters on defense. Um, on offense, they've got Anthony Richardson. Uh, and then they also have four returning starters on the offensive line. Uh, and so, yeah, it, it's going to be the Anthony Richardson show this year. He's he's the, the the starter. And last year there was a question, was it Emory Jones or Anthony Richardson? And then now... Um, He's the unquestioned starter. He had a great start versus Utah. Uh, you saw him flash um, the running ability. He can he can hit short to intermediate routes, um, and I thought he showed boys in the pocket. So, so good start for him. We'll see. Uh, th this week's going to be another tough test for them uh, with Kentucky, um, but I expect him to play well. Uh, maybe not as well as people are thinking, but he, he's, I think he's got the makings to be a good dual threat quarterback. And I think Billy Napier, Billy Napier is a good, uh, very disciplined coach. And uh, I think he's going to do a really good job of playing to Anthony Richardson's strengths. And, and I think they'll do a really good job of making sure that he's doing things and he has um, the offense catered to his strengths. Um, and, and I think they're going to have a pretty good season. So the offense, I think is going to be, I think it's going to be pretty good, uh, better than expected. Uh, the defense, 
I don't know. Let's let's see how they did. They they had Utah had two trips to the red zone where they came out with no points last week. Florida still has some talent. I mean, people are talking about the transfer portal losses. Um, they have six returning starters. Uh, they could be a little bit shaky. Uh, Utah had two trips to the red zone where they got no points. Um, I don't know. Let, let's see. Uh, the the coaching staff is in its first year to together at Florida. Um, they've been together before at Louisiana. So, um, and, and, I, and I've heard a lot of question marks at the uh, defensive line rotation. Uh, and, and the defense was bad toward the end of the stretch last year. Now, was that a function of, um, I don't know, was that a function of Mullen and the team kind of easing up down the stretch when they didn't really have that much to play for? Or is it a function of the defense just not being that great? We'll, we'll see this year. I mean, they played well at home against Alabama well enough to be within a, um, a one-score game with Alabama. So I think there's enough pieces there for Florida to put together a, se a better season than people are thinking. Uh, Tennessee, up next, they're returning eight starters on offense, seven on defense. Um, Heupel's in year two. Uh, he has a lot of continuity on the offensive staff uh, with him. That's he, He's had an offensive staff. A lot of them have been with him since Missouri, stops at Missouri, and then stops at UCF and now at Tennessee. Uh, there's a lot to be said for that. He has a veteran quarterback in Hendon Hooker who uh, took over last year when Joe Milton was injured. And I think Hooker's going to have a lot of success. Maybe his stats might not be as incredible as they were last year with 31 touchdowns and three interceptions or, or, or um, whatever they were. But he, he's going to have a lot of success this year. I think the offense is going to be elite. They're going to go even faster. And I think... Uh, Hooker being the unquestioned starter through a full spring practice, a full fall camp. I think you're going to see nuances, and I think you're going to see a comfort level in that offense. So I, I think it's going to be one of the best offenses in the country. They're going to play fast, and, and they're going to have a really elite offense. They have four returning starters on the offensive line. The only question mark is at left tackle. Um, so the, there's a positional battle going on there at left tackle, but I, I'm – I feel like they'll, they'll figure it out and, and they'll be an elite offense. On, on defense, on the flip side, <laughs> they have seven returning starters and you kind of wonder if uh, some of those returning starters are going to help them uh, be a better defense than they were last year because the defense was awful last year and um, it couldn't get much worse. The, the defense played well during the first seven games last year and then it seemed to drop off shortly after the Ole Miss game. I mean, I guess they played okay in the Ole Miss game, good enough to keep them in the game. It was a one, very close game, uh, controversial calls, uh, especially the fumble return for a touchdown that got called back. Um, but th then after that, the Tennessee defense kind of unraveled, and then they really unraveled in the Purdue game. Uh, they had a couple injuries at cornerback, and uh, but still, I mean, Purdue had – some of their backups playing, and they just got dismantled on defense. I, I just question how, how good the defense is going to be, and that's really going to be the ceiling of that team. So um, the under-over for Tennessee is eight games. I'm taking the over. I, th I think they will win eight games, but I think they do have a chance to squeak into nine games depending on how well they play against Pittsburgh or uh, Florida. But I think it's most likely a push. I uh, forgot to mention – 
under over a Florida seven and a half games. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna push on that. I, I think they will win just about uh, seven games. Um, so we'll see. Year one of Billy Napier, um, and uh, off to a great start. Okay, Missouri is the team that's next on top. Uh, they have an over-under of five and a half wins. I'm taking the under with Missouri. Um, they have four returning starters on offense, seven on defense. Uh, as the, sa the same <laughs> number of returning starters on defense as Tennessee, uh, but just like Tennessee, their defense was terrible. It, it couldn't get much worse. Uh, and I guess maybe could possibly be just as bad with seven of those starters returning. We'll see though, maybe they take another step forward. UI Drinkwitch is always trying to be the lovable guy in the uh, SEC media days and the recruiter. And uh, we, we're just not really seeing any results on the field. They went six and seven last year, Tennessee throttled them. Uh, they got throttled by some other teams. Um, Drinkwitz is in year three. He's had at least a couple defensive coordinators. The, he has a new QB, Brad Cole. I'm not sure if the QB position is going to be any better than it was last year, which isn't saying much. So, although Drinkwitz is an offensive coach, I, I feel like their defense, their offense will be um, mediocre. But if you combine a mediocre offense with a terrible defense um, in the SEC, you're uh, you're going to have a tough season. Uh, next up is Kentucky. The Kentucky hype train is in full force. Uh, the Will Levis hype train is off the charts. Uh, I'm going to pump the brakes a little bit on the Will Levis hype train. I, I, I think he's a little overrated. Um, if you look at his stats, if you look at the eye test last year, um, I, I just don't see it. Uh, I, I don't know why some some guys get this NFL draft buzz. Um, I, I think he's going to be a good quarterback. Yes. Uh, can he be a solid SEC quarterback? For sure. I, I think he's going to do a good job for Kentucky. He's a competitor. I've seen him play in close games, and, and he's out there trying hard. Is he an, a first-round NFL guy? No, he, he's definitely not, and uh, I think we'll see that this year. Uh, he also doesn't have Wondell uh, Robinson. Um, they only have two returning starters on the offensive line. So the, the big thing for me is, like, well, Will Levis, I think he benefited last year from having Wondell Robinson. He had a lot of starters on the offensive line. He had a veteran running back. This year they have two, two returning starters on the offensive line. He's got a new offensive coordinator, which is never a fun thing to do, uh, is to, to have a, a new offensive coordinator. Um, the one thing is, though, it, he Stoops has been there 10 years. Uh, he's done a great job, and, and I expect Kentucky to be solid, uh, but I don't expect uh, Kentucky to perform to the um, up to the level of the uh, Kentucky hype train in which people are talking about them finishing second in the SEC East or being the third best uh, team in the SEC. I mean, that's it's just crazy talk. They're, they're not going to be anywhere near the third best team in the SEC. Uh, that could be from the East, the third best team in the SEC could be Tennessee or Florida. From the West, I, I would say uh, the the obvious candidates are, are maybe Texas A&M or even Arkansas, who I'm high on this year with K.J. Jefferson uh, and Sam Pittman. Okay, uh, so Kentucky over under seven and a half. I'm going to go barely with the over. Um, barely with the over, but I, I just don't see them... Uh, 
executing to the level that some of the some of the uh, talking heads around the SEC in the country are are, are projecting for them, uh, especially with how much they lost on offense. So I, I think they can have a good season. I think they can be solid. I don't think they could beat Georgia. I'm not even sure if they can beat Tennessee on the road. Um, and I'm not even sure if they can beat Florida on the road. So I, I really think they'll, they'll probably finish third or fourth in the SEC East. South Carolina and Vanderbilt, I'm going to go very quick <laughs> because nobody wants to hear about South Carolina or Vanderbilt uh, other than South Carolina or Vanderbilt fans. And then even then, probably only for a couple of games until they until they get throttled. Uh, okay, uh, South Carolina has six returning starters on offense, uh, five returning starters on defense. Shane Beamer's back in year two. Uh, Spencer Rattler's here in year one. Uh, he's got the most ridiculous QB name in the country. Uh, they, they do have four returning starters on the offensive line. Uh, I just question if, if Spencer Rattler isn't that great as a starting quarterback at Oklahoma. Uh, how are you going to be that great of a starting quarterback at South Carolina? Where let me read off the teams that you're playing this year: Georgia, Florida, Tennessee. Who, who's probably all of those teams are probably going to throttle you, uh, Kentucky, and then not only that, you're going to be you're going to play Clemson every year. So, I so I seriously question the the South Carolina hype train. Uh, I mean, I think they're just going to get absolutely throttled this year by a lot of. I think the, I think South Carolina is going to get throttled by almost everybody they play, um, except for maybe Vanderbilt or Missouri, uh, and then maybe they could surprise somebody like they do periodically. I mean, I think they beat Florida last year just because Florida gave up uh, at the end of the year on Dan Mullen. But I don't know. I'm not buying the the Shane Beamer hype. <laughs> I, I I just. I just don't buy it. Um, I don't think it's going to work out there. I, I don't, I'm not sure what coach could ever make it work at South Carolina when you're playing Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, Kentucky from the East every year. And then um, even your your rival from the West is tough. And then you're also having to play Clemson every year. I mean, it's just a brutal, brutal schedule. I, 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 I feel... I feel for uh, South Carolina, They they always have a very difficult schedule even south carolina so they have to play florida georgia tennessee from the east and then also kentucky uh, and then their rival from the west is texas a&m who's recruiting at the same level as alabama and georgia and then they also have to play clemson who's recruiting at the same level as alabama and georgia they literally have the worst schedule in the country. So kudos to Shane Beamer for trying to be positive and the young hip coach uh, trying to recruit well and bringing in Spencer Rattler. Uh, I, I just, it's not going to work. Uh, I, I don't I don't see them having any more success than Will Muschamp had. And I, I don't think Spencer Rattler is the answer. If he, if he couldn't make it work at Oklahoma playing with, you know, the best talent in the Big 12, I mean, they, they have... The best, you know, the top two or three talent in the Big 12, and he couldn't make it work there. I don't see how you can make it work at South Carolina when you're playing 12 games and you probably have better talent than four than, or five maybe of the teams that you're playing. And most of the teams have a v very significant talent 
advantage over you. So I don't see it. I think they're going to lose a lot of games. I think the over-under, I, I would take the under. I think they're even going to get beat by Arkansas, who they're losing to right now on the road. Uh, they're over under six and a half, so strong lean on the under. Uh, Vanderbilt's the last team in the SEC East. They have five returning starters on offense, six on defense. Clark leads in his second year. QB is right. They have two returning starters on the offensive line, so that's not good. Their offense is going to be bad. Their defense is going to be that bad, and they're going to lose a lot of games. Their over under is 2.5 games. I'm, I'm slight lean on the over. But that's it for the SEC East. I, I think Georgia's obviously the class of the SEC East. I think they're going to, I think they're going to be able to reload on defense. They lost a lot of talent on defense. They only have three returning starters. They'll be able to reload. They recruit like crazy. They have good defensive coaches. Uh, Will Muschamp's a defensive coordinator. Kirby Smart's a former defensive coordinator, and an amazing defensive mind. Uh, they'll figure it out on defense. That their defense won't be at the level it was last year, but it's going to be. Uh, a really, really good defense, uh, and their offense is going to be spectacular. I think they'll be able to win every game on the regular season schedule and go to Atlanta. Uh, the, the real interesting uh, teams in the East are Florida and Tennessee. Can, uh, and it's, that's going to be one of the better games in the SEC East this year when Florida travels to Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee's, the last time I looked, was a favorite in that game. But it's going to be a spectacular game. Both of those teams have holes. Uh, Florida has holes on defense. Tennessee has holes on defense. Tennessee has an elite offense. Florida has a good offense, what they showed against Utah. Um, that They're really well coached. I think Tennessee is really well coached on offense. You can question whether they're well coached on defense. I'm not sure yet. Uh, their defense looked pretty good the first half of the season last year. And then looked awful the last half of the season, especially in the bowl game, which makes me wonder if that's going to carry over into into 2022. After Florida and Tennessee, like I said before, there's Kentucky lingering. I, I just think the continuity there of having Stoops, I think he's a good coach. He does a good job with recruiting. He does a really good job with developing his players. He has a good job. He does a good job on offense of, of establishing the run and, and limiting turnovers. He uh, does a pretty good job with the defense as well. I, I mean, I, I think in terms of the, they have a lot of continuity and they really do a good job of developing their players within a system and um, and just having continuity. I mean, Tennessee and Florida, uh, Florida has a coach in year one. Tennessee has a coach in year two. Uh, Missouri. They're terrible, but I mean, a lot of the uh, other teams in the East have coaches that are in their first couple of years. Drinkwitz, Eli Drinkwitz is in year three, uh, <laughs> hasn't been doing that great in year one and two. Uh, Shane Beamer's in year two, Clark Lee's in year two at Vanderbilt. So uh, that's one, two, three coaches are in year two in the SEC East. Billy Napier's in his first year and Drinkwitz is in his third year this year. So uh, Stoops has a really nice advantage in terms of uh, recruiting. He can find his guys. They're not going to be the same level as Alabama or Georgia, but he gets um, some guys that are a little bit under the radar, and he really develops them well. So Stoops does a really good job of developing his guys within his systems. His defensive coordinator is going into year three. Uh, so if you, if you have... A coach that's been there a long time. He has a defined, uh, 
he has defined systems on both sides of the ball. He has a winning system, and and, and he does a good job of um, of maximizing the potential of the players that he can get in there. So, um, yeah, he's done a great job. They finished second last year in the SEC East, which I never thought uh, would ever happen in Kentucky. They were always, um, you know, a bottom dweller in the SEC East. And, you know, they won – 10 games last year. This this year, I don't see that happening. I, I think they might win somewhere around eight games, but um, but they're they're going to be competitive. So after you go Georgia, then there's Florida, Tennessee. Not sure which of those two would finish second. Kentucky is my pick for third in the SEC East. Uh, Missouri and South Carolina, both of them have major holes. Uh, I don't think that either of those teams is going to be that great. They, they could, you know, pull off an upset here and there, but I don't think they're going to be very good. I think they're going to be kind of similar to what they were last year. Missouri went six and seven last year. South Carolina went seven and six. Uh, and Vandy's going to be terrible. So that was the uh, SEC East preview. And so I look forward to talking to everybody during the season. I uh, just wanted to get everybody up to speed on, on the teams in the SEC East, the returning starters, the returning starters on the offensive line. Uh, a little bit about the quarterbacks and the head coaches that are there, the the systems, and um, my thoughts on the SEC East to get it to get us ready for this uh, this season. And um, so I'll, I'll be uh, recording a, a quick uh, podcast every week, maybe about twenty minutes, to talk about each of the games um, and give you my leans and my locks of the week. And uh, with that, uh, look forward to talking to you on week two.